All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am so excited to be joined here by my guy, Swipa. We are doing weekends with Swipa here on the Mile High Sports YouTube channel. Make sure to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button down below. Lots of crazy stuff coming from us, my guy. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. Been a good week. Back in Denver for a little bit, you know, so, you know, got to find a way to watch different Nuggets games since I'm blacked out here. You know, it's all fun. It's been great. It's been a lot of fun back in the city. A new experience for my guy Swipa, just not being able to watch Nuggets games. Uh, it, it is still not great here. I know that Altitude has done a, they've done a decent job of coming up with different solutions, but you have to have DirecTV, you have to have Fubo, things like that. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, Comcast is generally where everybody still is. So uh, apologies to everybody that still has Comcast that well, they are. Even YouTube TV. Uh, I got YouTube TV and had to navigate and still like I got leak pass on YouTube TV, all that stuff. And so I'm just like, I mean, man, it's just crazy. Like come back home. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, locked in. You know, I've got to worry about fighting for Denver Broncos, Denver Nuggets games, going to dominate the market. And it's like, you know, turn it on. And it's like you thought. Like you thought that's that's uh it's true man like it's it's unfortunate but the good news is that you guys might be getting some in-person swipe content for uh for swipe and i it's uh mm-hmm. coming soon coming down the pipeline so we are excited about that for sure uh on this episode though we are going to kind of go over the suns game that denver won go over the kings game that they lost sort of the the fourth game at the end of six nights and the fifth game at the end of seven nights. So not really surprised that Denver ultimately lost that one, but we're still going to talk about them. And then in the second half of this, we're going to talk about, I really do think that Denver's about to go on a serious win streak here. It may not be immediately. It may take a little bit of time for them to get into, like still get into a rhythm, but they are like, it's going to, it's going to come, it's going to happen. And, there's no, uh, there's no surprise that December fifteenth is right around the corner. Swipe, but like the Yokemus right. is almost here. <laughs> yep, yeah, you know we got a game at uh, the Clippers coming up here soon, shortly. Uh, obviously, uh, coming up this Wednesday, but then you know, Rockets, Hawks, Bulls, Nets, Thunder's, Mavs, Raptors, Nets, Hornets, Warriors, Grizzlies, <laughs> Thunder, Hornets. Think it's going to happen. I think we'll, we'll we'll talk about it in just a sec. But let's uh, and we're also going to talk in season tournament, on, likely on a different video. Uh, so make sure, like I said, uh, hit the like button on the MHS channel. You do not want to miss any coverage between Swipa and I on the Denver Nuggets. Okay, let's go over the Suns game because I haven't done a podcast since Thursday, and I haven't covered like on a podcast either the Suns game or the Kings game. Basically, slacking. I was like, you know what? Let's uh. Let's just let's have some fun. Let's let's enjoy life a little bit and uh, kind of get back to it with Swipe on Sunday. Um, I thought the Jokic versus Nurkic battle was hilarious. First and foremost, I thought it was so funny. At one point, it felt like Nurkic was kicking Jokic's butt, and ultimately that game ended in the most hilarious way possible with Yusuf Nurkic elbowing Jokic in the face, getting like a flagrant foul and getting his sixth foul at the same time, and. I basically sealed the deal for the Suns. Uh, just what were your general takeaways from that one on on how Denver sort of approached it, and that it was all offense for a while, and then it it was it was defensive for the second half. Yeah, I think it was a good game. I think that both teams came out with trying to establish their game plan. Uh, the Nuggets were killing them. I think they scored forty one points in the first quarter. Um, they were just moving the ball all over the place. Uh, playing really sound basketball. The passing was next level. And some of this is like, as everybody here knows, if you've been watching Jokic and Nurkic for, you know, since 2015, basically, Nurkic always takes that matchup really personally. And in that game, the Nuggets were just basically obliterating them because they were getting MPJ involved. KCP was going doing well that game. Jokic, I think Jokic, did he have... I want to say in the first quarter, Jokic had five assists. Uh, MPJ had 10 points in the first quarter. Um, they were both a plus 10 in that game. And, yeah, I mean, KD obviously was shooting well. Then KD 
look, you know, they, and I've said this before, I think the Nuggets have a good matchup for KD now because they have so many long wing defenders that are just like, you know, they're just not afraid of it. They know he's going to hit his shots, but I think they, he doesn't give them the same, the same level of threat as, say, maybe a ant or one of these really explosive athletes is going to give you. And LeBron James, you know, even at his life, especially at his apex, not necessarily now, but I think that's Aaron Fox, I think, is also a, a really good uh, matchup there against Denver, just as fast as he is, as athletic as he is. Yeah, that's another one uh, in a playoff setting. No, we'll see how that would work. But uh, in regular season setting, yeah, I think that those are the kind of players, like really fast first step player, John Morant even a little bit. Uh, but I think KD, you know, his whole thing is like, we're going to get this pull up on you. Like I'm seven feet tall. I'm going to shoot over the top. And Peyton Watson, he made it known. Like, you know, he obviously has looked up to KD. They've known each other for a long time. So I think he takes that matchup with a little bit of juice, probably similar to Shin Goon and Jokic. And he did really well. Again, I think KD with one of 10, uh, I think it was, versus uh, Peyton Watson on that day. Uh, well, I have NBA.com has it at one of nine. And then o, o of 10 in the second half, though, for KD overall. Right. Right. So that's what I mean. So, we'll, I mean, it was a good game. Uh, Nurkic had the game of the, of the year. Uh, second most points he's ever scored in the game uh, was 33. And he also did that versus Denver. But, again, that's just how it is. It's a bully ball matchup. Nurkic is trying to prove a point. And Nurkic even said uh, in a postgame interview, Katie mentioned this, that, you know, I guess you just kind of get up for your friends. You know, Nurkic considers Jokic your friends, you know. And so they enjoy going against each other. And ended up being a good game, low-scoring game from Jokic, only 21 points, but 16 assists. And, you know, he's just continuing to play make out of the world. Yeah, 9 of 18 for Joker in that game. There were a couple of shots that he, he probably doesn't usually miss. And it was just a very abnormal one because he only had five rebounds, but he had 16 assists. Like that's a that's a crazy kind of stat line for Joker where the one thing that you, you can really count on most of the time is the rebounding with him. But it ultimately didn't really hurt because, like, both teams were making so many shots and right. uh, Michael Porter had 10. So... Uh, no, I thought it was funny. I thought that, like like you mentioned, Peyton Watson, unbelievable performance. And like just everybody else was very solid, which yielded a win. And that's that's the most important thing when you're traveling on the road. It's just like you have to know what you're expecting from everybody. And with Peyton Watson, you get that flashbulb performance. Julian Strother, solid. Christian Brown, solid. Yep. Yep. Uh, Justin Holiday, Reggie Jackson, yep. KCP, solid. Like all those guys were very good in, in, in that particular one. Nobody was great. But like everybody did their job, and five players on fifteen points, which is a crazy number. But like that's what happens when you have uh, an insane center at the center of every focal point for your passing. So that was really cool to see. Um, no, I, I I thought that was a great win. Obviously, it came without Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon on one side, Devin yeah. Booker and Bradley Beal on the other side. Just yep. how do you think those guys? Like if if you add in both of them, how do you think? Though that matchup is going to shift uh, from what we saw, more offense for the Suns, less defense for the Suns. Uh, mm -hmm. More offense, more defense for the Nuggets, and more easy shots for the Nuggets. More pull-up shooting for the Suns. So I just think that that formula is what they're going to try to hit and see Bradley, Devin, Katie, Yuta, the rest of those shooters on the on the team, even Kade base Diop at times, Grayson Allen. They're all just going to see like, hey, can we outshoot? these teams. And I think that we're going to see, you know, who they're able to do that versus in a playoff setting. But Devin Booker is obviously an incredible player, um, you know, arguably top 10 player this year. Obviously he's been hurt. Um, and then Bradley Bill, you know, another good player, top 30, top 35, top 40 player, however you value him. Um, but I think that both of them are going to add a lot to that team. But I think the Nuggets, obviously, they're, them closing games is distinctively different with Jamal Murray in the court. That's the biggest thing I've missed when Jamal's been out this year. I think he's missed – 14 games now, I want to say. Uh, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, so the Nuggets are now, I think they're 8-6 and six without him, it sounds like now, I think, um, so far this season. So, again, that third, you know what? I mean, you're right. You know, that whole all-NBA all thing is out the window now because he's about to miss 15 games, and that's about to it's be a wrap. So, right. Like, I, I'm, I'm frustrated for him for that reason, mm -hmm. and – I know that he wanted to come back and he was, he was really gearing up for that. And I think if he had come back, he'd missed 12 games basically. And was like, okay, you play the rest of the season. Then you hit 70. You've got some occasional off days that you get, right. you could go down to like 68 or 67, 66. But uh, 
that money is is just out the door for him. And I, I, I feel for him on that. But for the Nuggets, like, I mean, this is on an aside, obviously. For the Nuggets, it's a big deal that they don't have to pay him a Supermax because their team was about to get super expensive, just like ridiculously expensive because you're probably going to want to pay KCP as well. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's just a lot of money to be throwing at your starting lineup okay. over and over and over again. So I am that's, uh, that's the Cronkies money. I don't feel bad at all. This is what you have. You own a team, they're championship contenders. This is what happens. <laughs> happy, wait, hold on. By the way, happy 40, uh, 48th birthday, uh, Ryan. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Really, really appreciate it. That's happy uh, drop your happy birthday, Ryan, in the chat. He's taking a day out of his day of partying. Um, you know, he called me. He called me this morning. Just y'all should have heard his voice. Oh, uh, we all so long last night. Uh, I can't believe I just went out that long. You should have heard him this morning, y'all. He called me this morning, and uh, you know, couldn't believe it. when when you have to peel girls off of you just to be able to get to the phone. Like that's just. I mean, sometimes like it, it is what it is, man. Like it just. Uh, but hey, we don't bring personal into into our oh, lives like that. Right, Come on, now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, birthday to you, brother, man. But make sure you drop your happy birthday in the chat. And then if you're watching this afterward, drop your happy birthday in the comment section for Brother Ryan. All the great content he puts forward for y'all every single day. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate it. No, we're uh we're de- we're definitely going out for your birthday. That's that's definitely happening. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're you're never gonna tell us what when it is, though. <laughs> It'd be so funny. <laughs> uh, no, so like I mean, it it's great for Jamal. Uh it's actually not great for Jamal and it's, but it's, I think it legitimately is great for the nuggets because while uh, you mentioned it's, it's like the Cronkies money to be clear, there are competitive disadvantages that you get into where you're actually going to lose draft picks. If you're over the salary cap for a certain period of time, you're over that second. Completely ruined its own product with that part. I mean, the NBA does so many things well, but that is worse than the NFL's cap structure. And it makes no sense. Like it just doesn't make any sense that you're decentiv- you're de-incentivized to develop good co- good quality in-house homegrown organic talent and to do it at a high level. It is definitely a mark against uh the Golden State Warriors types, teams that build their team through the draft and then add mm-hmm. another guy through free agency or trades. Uh that is definitely going out the window for a lot of teams or at least the amount of time that they can keep those teams together together is going to be tough. So right. I am, I know that's going to be frustrating for sure. Yeah. But I think Jamal, you know, that's fine. Like if he's just make sure he's good to go and then he's going to go on a run at some point in time this year where he's going to do a 24, eight and five run and his numbers are going to be insane. Everybody's going to be like, how is this guy not an all-star? And then we're going to go on. It, I just, it always, it's just going to go this way. The same way it went last year. So. I mean, I'm excited for when he does come back. He should be back on Wednesday versus the Clippers. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll find out. And then we got the Houston Rockets again after that, which they have played the Clippers either three times, the Rockets with them up four times. They played them seven times in the first 23 games of the year. Just so people are clear, like Jamal could have played on this back-to-back. Like mm-hmm. they chose not to play him. And it was more of a question of, hey, we would rather you be fully healthy and then get a longer runway. Versus you trying to manage a, a sprained ankle because why right. would you choose to do that? So, oh, Denver's got this off time. They're taking advantage of it. AG wanted to come back, and we'll we'll talk about the Kings game after the break. Uh, but I do think that there is reason to believe that Wednesday is going to be the start of something awesome for Denver, and right. that should be pretty interesting to see. But first, uh, let's take a break here. When we come back, we will talk about the Kings game. Uh, swipe up. I know that we've we've been we've been talking football a little bit. We've been talking about uh, some fun games. Uh, there were two teams that played in this afternoon. Uh, unfortunately, the Broncos were not one of them that actually were playing in one of the football games of the year. Uh, but the the Forty ers the Eagles, two teams that probably will uh, make the NFC Championship game and then do battle once again. That's going to be very interesting. But so I'm interested. Uh, this is going to be a very fun wrap up to the NFL season. And if you are a Superbook, if you're a Superbook person with a Superbook app on your phone, you can win a trip to the biggest football game of the year, courtesy of Superbook Sports. They will fly you and a friend to Las Vegas for February's championship game, and they'll give you two tickets to that game plus a three night hotel stay. 
All you got to do is place a $25 same game parlay between now and January 7th, and you'll be automatically entered to win. So wager and win a super trip courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling prompt call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Weekends with Swipe. Axe and Roll, Weekends with Swiper here. Uh, thank you. So, I'm, I'm Ryan Blackburn. Actually, I'm not Weekends with Swiper. Uh, that is Swiper over there. Uh, thank you so much for tuning into the show, everybody. Really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on the audio side of things. It's been a lot of fun to be able to do this show for you, and we just keep growing the growing the channel, growing the show, and, and things have been better than ever. So really excited for uh, things to continue to happen. All right, uh, Swiper, let's go over the Sacramento Kings game. Fifth game in seven nights for Denver. Not really surprised that they lost. Not really surprised. I, I said they couldn't keep pace and in that game, and people were like, why are you being so negative? I don't know. I was just looking at what I was seeing. The Kings were playing very fast, and the Nuggets looked very slow. Uh, yeah, you know, this game, I thought, when they were down 17 at one point, I was like, you know, might just be time to wrap it up. You know, they just that's just a lot to ask on the back-to-back. That they had a three-day rest advantage going into that game, and they also had a full litany, the full assorted amount of players that they needed um, were there and available. But here's the thing: the Nuggets made this a very winnable game because they got it down to five at one point. Uh, I think they got it down to what's the closest the score got? Was it two? I don't know. It was like, I think it was like two or three. It was pretty yeah. close, like very, right. like right at the end. They and were nearly there. Close. Now, Jokic was incredible. 36, 13, 14, no turnovers. He's done that twice this week. 30-point triple-double, no turnovers. Twice. No one's done it. No one's done it in 40 years. No one's done it this century, but he's done it twice in one week. And, you know, Reggie Jackson had another solid offensive outing, 20 and 8 assists. Um, and Aaron Gordon, 17, 7, and 3. Michael Porter, 13, 8, and 2. He was 50% from the field, so it was still good. And something that's sleep about Michael Porter, I mentioned this on my channel, bro. Now, Porter was 1 of 5 from 3. But do you realize that Porter also was 5 of 7 from 2 in this game? And Porter has had a lot of games in the recent stretch where he has been just lights out from inside the three-point arc because he's getting to the rim. His mid-range finishing is like there, like his shot making has been there. He just hasn't been able to connect consistently. I think he's one of nine in this last nine threes, but he's been shooting over 40% for the last several games. So, you know, it is what it is. But here's the thing, man. I do think, man, that like that DeAndre Jordan stretch, you know, and I called you about this earlier today, um, really frustrated me because DJ played really well this year. I want him to continue to get playing time. He deserves it. He's earned it. He's had some really good games, really good minutes. But that stretch from DeAndre Jordan was one of the worst I've seen from a big man in the Denver Nuggets uniform in the last couple of years. He had an offensive rebound he gave up to Sabonis that led to a Trey Lyles and one. That's three points. He then missed the rebound in the next possession, and then that didn't amount to any points. And then he then gets the rebound. Reggie Jackson sitting to his left, ready to push the pace and get up. He then doesn't even look at – he just he doesn't even acknowledge him. Throws it up ahead for no reason. The Aaron Fox intercepts the ball, comes down, makes a wide-open three-pointer. And that's a six-point swing right there within a minute. And that effectively cost them the game because, again, they were down three at one point, and then they could have been up in that, that situation. The, the lead was five, and then it ballooned to 11, and Jokic comes back in the game down 11 instead of being down five. Because if Jokic comes back in that game down five, oh, it's over. We might be having a different discussion just because oh, yeah. he was obliterating them. They couldn't do anything. They had no answer whatsoever. Jokic, I looked up, Jokic, 36 points. I'm like, 36, the 14 assists I was good with. But then I was like, 30, he has 32, 33, 34, 36. He was just scoring the lights out. He was making everything except for his three-pointers. He also missed. And here's the other thing, Ryan, that's really frustrating about the Nuggets. You tell me what you think it is. Okay. The Nuggets were 13 to 20 from as a free throw shooting team. 
The Nuggets are last in the NBA in the free throw shooting. What's happening? It is just because Maul's not there and he's your 90% shooter and he's not getting to the line. Jokic isn't focused enough. What is it that this team that's one of the best shooting teams in the league, bottom out, bottom out free throw shooting team? It feels kind of random for one thing. Now, they weren't a great shooting team last year, if I recall. I think they were still kind of in the 70s. Uh, Aaron Gordon wasn't great last year either. Now, he has regressed, and that has been a problem. Jokic has regressed from the free throw line. It, it doesn't feel like he is at the 80% free throw shooting mark anymore, and that might actually be wrong, but uh, it certainly doesn't feel like he's been making enough of them over the course of these last few games. And that's that's a lot of it is tiredness. A lot of it is going to be fatigue. But it's not just physical fatigue, fatigue, it's mental fatigue. And it does feel like Denver is pretty tired, especially during the stretch where this schedule has been very, very difficult. It's one of the reasons why I think they're going to go on a run going forward. But over the course of these first 21 games, I'm not surprised that the free throw shooting is the thing that has kind of regressed for them because it's a confidence thing. It is a focus thing. And Denver has had, and Jokic has had so many things that he's had to focus on. I'm not surprised that. Free throw shooting is is not at the top of his list of, of things that he's been, hey, I have to really iron on to this. I have to really make sure that this is great. I think that Denver's free throw shooting will be fine in the playoffs. I think that they will level up in those moments. And like Porter will be better. Murray will be better. KCP has been great from the free throw line. That's one thing you can definitely say. Uh, but so many guys will level up in those moments when they really need to focus in. I'm not surprised the first 21 games have been pretty bad. I mean, I get it, but it's also like if you make your free throws, you close out some of these losses. That's just that simple, and you keep losing games because of your free throw shooting. Now, some of it, again, it's focused. And we know Jokic in the playoff. No, he shot 79% from free throw line in the playoffs, 46% from three. So, you know, I get it for sure. You know, Jamal was over 90%. But Porter especially, and Porter's been up and down with his free throw shooting. But that, for me, Porter's easily the guy I'm looking at that should be an 85% free throw shooter. He's yeah. an elite no, he's shooter. There's no reason why he shouldn't be, but I remember early on in his career, like he was also struggling from the free throw line then. So he might just be a gamer of a shooter, somebody who needs to be in the rhythm of playing, who is is in that general space. And most of the time, like these guys generally evolve into better free throw shooters. It would not surprise me if Porter, especially later in his career, uh, just becomes an 80, 85, 90% free throw shooter just because he's more comfortable in, in what he's doing. And he's, he seems pretty comfortable now, but uh, I, I don't know. Like I, that's, that's one that I can't really explain. It, it feels like he should be better. I totally agree. And he just, he just isn't. Yeah, bro. Um, him. And then also too, you know, again, some of this is like the late game focus with the team. They are just, uh, they're still working on some of the nuances. And again, they had a chance. Reggie Jackson. Why? With less than two minutes left in the right corner to tie the game. And he just wasn't able to put it down. But he was great also. He had a really good four-quarter stretch with Jokic and was getting to the rim at will, all that stuff. So, again, some of this stuff, like, will be fixed. I didn't expect your defense to travel at all because I just knew that coming off of the, you know, coming off the Suns game, going to Sacramento and getting that done. Uh, but, I, you know, Mark Mark Jones, I love Mark Jones. I think he's really good at his job. But, man, when he calls Nuggets games, bro, I just like him. Like, you know, he, he legitimately is great. I watched him for college basketball. I watched some NBA games. He's really freaking good. He does NFL people, games too, and like he he did a CU game earlier, and I was I was pretty impressed with his football. With yeah, his football he, and he he rocks with it. He rocks with Dion. Now I, Mark Jones rocks with the culture, and so if you don't know what that means, you don't know what I mean. I'm not gonna explain it, but you know what I mean. If you don't know what I mean, you don't know. What I mean. He rocks with the culture. So I get I get him. I understand him. But when he talked about Joker sometimes, or even this, he said, uh, and then he said something crazy about uh, he thinks De'Aaron Fox would be a top five MVP candidate. I said, what? No, that's what I'm saying. This now we 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 too close to the we too close to the throne at this point in time. Because Darren Fox is great, but Booker, Tatum, SDA, Luca, Steph been better, uh, and those are all just these are all fringe guys. I haven't even talked about the big guys. I said nothing about them. So, but Fox is really good though. Now, to be fair, Fox is averaging 30 a game. He's having a career year. The Kings are great. And he just had a game where he had 16 assists. Like, I, I don't want to take anything away from Fox. He's, he's been fantastic. I, I do agree with you. He's not going to be at that level. Like, it's still Jokic and then everybody else. And anybody yeah, else that says everything else is, you know, is insane. Shooting. 
He played 30 a game on 59 true shooting in 13 games. Not moved, sir. Not moved. Tyreek <laughs> Maxey. Tyreek Maxey can do that as well. Yeah. No, hey, that's fair. Hey, can I clear out on Jokic for a second? Go ahead. Okay. I do not hate Nikola Jokic. Everybody. I just want to make that blatantly clear. <laughs> we're changing we're changing the the menu here. I do not hate Nikola Jokic. I know that over the course of these past uh, couple weeks, you have seen some tweets from me that may act like it has been that way, that may have emphasized that something is not like clicking on on my general vibe on how Nikola Jokic operates versus everybody else. I promise you, from the bottom of my heart, like Nikola, I I talk about Jamal Murray a lot. I talk about the Nuggets a lot. Nikola Jokic is my favorite player in the NBA. He is, and. Jokic is amazing. This has been blown out of proportion. And sometimes when I tweet, I tweet not emotionally. Like, I think that there's there's definitely something to that. But, like, Jokic and the Nuggets, Jokic specifically, has been so good, so dominant. And there's nobody else that can compete with that. There hasn't been. My job is to try to find the truth. It is try to find the non-biases. And sometimes he's not perfect. And so I will criticize that at times. And then last night, when DeAndre Jordan went minus 17, I had a tweet that was like, hey, this is going to be one of those times where Jokic stands are very frustrated about the game. They're going to go, look at this, look at the box score, see? Because I knew exactly what the storyline was going to be. It's not because I hated Nikola Jokic. I love the dude. The dude is amazing. He is so fun to cover, and he is amazing to watch. Just make wanted to make that clear. Swipe it. You can change that camera view right now. It is unfortunate that I have become the negative Jokic guy in the space because I'm trying to do everything that I can to, to dispel that notion. But on my birthday, please just stop sending me hateful tweets for the love of God. <laughs> you know, sometimes in life, y'all, we just have to admit denial is one of the hardest things to overcome. Now, some of you have been through a lot of things in your lives. You have to deal with adversity and challenges. But one of the great things about life is rising to the challenge, overcoming adversity, finding a resilience within yourself to respond to trauma and things that cause you to feel and to respond to them well. Ryan Blackburn, you just did that. You, sir, you've been exiled, you've been profiled, and you've been exonerated because of NBA Twitter. Because you do, sir, put out some emotional tweets. I, myself, have borne witness to some of these. And I, myself, have sent them to our group chat before to say, brother, what is going on? But I will also attest to the character of Ryan Blackburn that Ryan is an outstanding man. He is now a 27-year-old man who believes deeply in Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets, despite some of his emotionally incensed tweets that he might put out. Respect to Brother Ryan. That man puts great content for y'all for every single day. And he also is a Jokic supporter who had the nerve to say, sometimes the Jokic stands get on me. You yourself, sir, are indeed a Jokic stand. But I digress. Hey, I just want to make it clear. There was there was one person who put out 2,000, 1, last a couple of years ago. There was, there was one guy on who, was, uh, who was cited by the Nuggets account themselves as finding that stat. Um, well, it was Mir- Miroslav also did it. So I, here, this mm-hmm. will, so this will happen. So remember, I said something about it, and then everybody, the Nuggets account, I love the social media people. Nuggets. They really be. They really be looking at our content and going up from there, which I'm cool with. I love it. I love yeah. this, this. This we support our city. It's our but, job. Like like we're right. good at our job. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so you know I ain't tripping, but yeah, you that was a big year for you. That was a big tweet. That was a big moment. You helped Jokic put an MVP. Serbia should be sending you flowers and dishes and Danishes. And matter of fact, uh, Serbian, what's that liquor called uh, that that y'all like to drink? Whatever y'all should Rakia. send that. Rakia. Rakia. Yeah, Rakia. Send that to Ryan. Y'all should send that to him for his birthday. I would love that. That would that would be. I I, w- I want to be a Rocky connoisseur. That sounds like like I, I should be at this point. That's that's 
when I when I bring back the ladies, that's that's exactly what's going to happen. We're we're going to drink shots of rakia and, and sing the praises of Nikola Jokic. That'll be great. <laughs> yeah, uh, the yeah. Kings game was fine. That was a schedule loss. Everybody, I'm, I'm not worried about the Kings. Um, it's going to be okay. Sure. Now Denver, they will have to keep pace with them, but they'll be able to keep pace with them with Jamal Murray out there. One thing I do want to mention uh, that we should probably um, that we should probably mention. Um, Aaron Gordon came back and his numbers with Michael Porter and Nikola Jokic for whatever reason have not been as good this year. I'm still, I'm going to, I'm going to monitor it. I am going to say, look, we will see what happens with, um, we'll see what happens with those numbers, but they have not been as dominant. And I think that the Aaron Gordon side of this he isn't shooting and he isn't being aggressive. And those two combinations make it so that he's closer to PJ Tucker offensively than he is to what he was last year. And he was dominant last year. So I want to see Aaron Gordon level up over the course of this break. I want to see him level up over December, January, February, and put himself into a position where he can dominate in a playoff series even if they foul him, even if any opponent chooses to foul him, he needs to be comfortable with that. He needs to lock in. And he did lock in from the free throw line last year in the playoffs. So I think he does deserve credit, uh, but he also has to level up here. He has not been good enough. Yeah. You know, hopefully, like I said, I do think he's going to go streaking a little bit, you know, started off really hot last year and then got really cold. Started off really cold. He's going to go really hot. That's just the way the NBA works. So eventually, it's going to come back. Those levels are going to round back up. He's going to get about up to a 60 through shooting because the shooting can go crazy, and then we'll kind of level off from what he was. But, yeah, not a great start for him, but I do think he's going to be better going forward. All right, we're putting uh, we're putting Kane in timeout for continuously trying to trade Jamal. Sorry, bro. <laughs> That's, uh, that is uh, not happening, dude. They're like He's the second most important player on the team, and that is – not changing like and the fact that they were able to go 14 and 7 without him or not 14 but like 14 and 7 in these 21 games shows how good the nuggets are but like when the playoffs come around like they they need him as as we saw last year very very clearly so we will see what happens but tell you what let's take another break when we come back we are going to chat about why the nuggets can go on a win streak here i am very excited we're going to pull some numbers for everybody very excited to see what happens but first uh, this message from kim becker what's up guys kim becker here with mile high sports make sure you guys are following us on social media so that you never miss a mile high sports daily monday through friday morning we'll post a video hosted by me catching you up on everything you need to know when it comes to sports right here in the mile high state tiktok twitter instagram facebook youtube you name it we're there and we've got you covered for everything colorado sports segment pickaxe and roll weekends with swipe here uh thank you so much for tuning into the show um swipe i am really excited for the fact that denver got through this first quarter of the season basically unscathed there was potential for them to kind of miss a couple games here or there denver's had a pretty good clutch record they've been able to make things happen and i have been very excited to see uh what denver does from now so Going to be interesting. I think they, they can go on a win streak. I think that they can go on a serious win streak here and, and really up their win profile. And 14 and 7 through the first 21 games, I think that they could go 17 and 4 in their next 21. Yeah, last year they had a similar type of run. They went, I think they got up to 39 and I think 15 or something like that at one point. They just were monsters. And again, if you look at their schedule, Clippers, Rockets, Hawks, Bulls, Nets, that's five straight games where they will more than likely be the favorite in every single one of those games. Then they have the Thunder in Denver. They already beat the Thunder by 35. Then they have the Mavericks in Denver. And then you got the Raptors. And then you got the Nets, the Hornets, and the Warriors, and the Grizzlies, and then the Thunder. 
So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen games. Three of them, two versus the Thunder, and then one versus the Mavericks. I think where they're going to not be the outright favorite in those games. So I think that's going to be a big deal for them going forward. Now, doesn't mean they're not going to be difficult games. The Raptors, you saw what they did to the Suns the other day. A lot of defenders, they're going to play very hard. But really, if you look at the schedule, I mean, honestly, the Nuggets should be like chomping at the bits to get these teams at home and then even some of these teams on the road. And then especially if Jamal Murray's around, then you know, we're having a whole different conversation where they've won you know, four of the last five games. Next thing you know, they've won 19 of the last 20, 21. So according to Positive Residual, uh, a NBA app that does really, really well for calendar-related things, for calendar-related stats, uh, they have Denver having the easiest strength of schedule remaining in the league. And they have a couple of metrics that kind of go with that. Denver has more rest advantage games than they do rest disadvantage games. They have more home games left than road games. They're in a situation where their like actual rest advantage is going to really play forward. Like they have tied for the most games in the NBA played so far this year. They have had a bunch of road games. They have not played a ton of games at home. They're still undefeated at home. And if you play more home games and play more in a situation where you're more likely to win, then it wouldn't surprise me if Denver's record is going to reflect that. So I think that that's going to be one aspect of this. The other is that Murray is going to be so hungry when he comes back. Like that dude is like, like you said, chomping at the bit for just playing again. He has been off the court for way longer than he expected to. And he thought that this was going to be his year to really kind of level up. And like, he, he looked the part at the beginning of the season. Like he was passing up. Uh, he was passing like crazy, setting the table for everybody. And, like the actual shot itself, like from three was great. The from two, it wasn't. But in general, he looked really good. And I think he that he's – Remember, he had those three bad shooting games that tanked it. And then he got he went out versus the Bulls with two points and two assists. And he was like also like not shooting well. So he had eventually a four-game stretch that went from, oh, Jamal Murray shooting. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's just the inconsistency showing. But I do think that the playmaking – show that it was there. Like even in his only game back 22 minutes, he had six assists and zero turnovers in just that brief of brief amount of time. And now that wasn't against the best defensive team of all time. That was the Houston Rockets and they're on the road or like Houston, Houston traveling on the road. Houston has said multiple times. The Houston fans have said multiple times. They haven't had a top three defense. You may Udoka defense travels. So they obliterated simple as that. They just got obliterated when the nuggets were fully healthy. It's just really that simple. Yeah, it was wow. not. That was that was two teams that were in different area codes, uh, in my opinion. But look, I mean, that was without Fred Van Vliet. I, I know that that's what they will say. That's what Rockets fans should say. That like you're without your best player, then that's our second best player. If you're, you're believing in Shangun, your your second best player. If you're believing in Shangun, you mean the player you left off your top 100? <laughs> I uh, yeah. I, we we don't have to go into that. Just uh, look. I I am I am just get like digging myself out from uh from negative uh mentions. I do not need another thing to kind of throw me back under the bus here. Uh, no, Murray, Murray coming back is going to be really helpful, and I think he's going to get a nice run here. Where I mean, look, knock on wood. As long as he doesn't sustain another injury, like he's going to play. He's going to play a lot. Denver's in a really good position where they can take a little bit more time. They're not going to have as many back-to-backs. They had a lot of back-to-backs, and uh, they are going to be in a really nice stretch here where December, January, February, they don't so have as Jokic, many of those. So what happens to Jokic then if he has less adversity versus with a healthier roster, more home games? What does that mean for Joker then? I think the efficiency will go through the roof. Like, We've seen 63% true shooting, I think, 64% true shooting over the course of the first 21 games. He's been super productive, kind of soaking up the numbers, soaking up the stats. I think he'll probably have less numbers and more efficiency in this level. Now, the, the scoring, I think, will probably stay the same, but I don't think that the assist will be as high when, well, uh, when Murray can also create. He's averaging 28, 12, and 8.8 with Jamal Murray. He's shooting 63, 41, uh, 79. So, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I am vindicated there. <laughs> so, <laughs> we will we will see what happens. But I, I do think that 
Jokic is like we we just did a video about this. We jokingly, jokingly called him a a Murray merchant. Right. That was that was a joke. Everybody, I just hope right. everybody is very clear. Right. Um, and like he is at his best when he has the nice, balanced playmaking, and and they can, like he can operate off ball. He can manipulate the defense with with some of his cuts and his off ball movement. It's harder to do that when everybody is staring at you. Sometimes people have to stare at Murray a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is uh. No, I said on the on the timeline last night after the game that I think Nikola Jokic is one of the ten best players that ever touches touch basketball, and that wasn't a resume conversation. That was just simple basketball. Just because you know, right? I'm a little older than you, well, six years and uh, six years and like three, four months, six, four months, five months, five, six years and five months, whatever. So you know, Jordan, Malone, Shaq, Kobe, Dirk, KG, Paul. Uh, take Paul out of that. No, no, no. Duncan, uh, CP, CP3, Dwayne Wade, uh, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, obviously LeBron. Uh, I've seen it all. And I also, like, again, you know, before that, you had Magic, Kareem, Wilt, Larry, McHale. There's always been a lot of players. But, Ryan, I think, honestly, there's just not 10 players that you could just put on a basketball court that are better basketball players basketball than what you're seeing from Joker right now. And I think it's just incredulous to me. I never in my life thought that there would be a nugget that I would love more than Carmelo. Never. Of course, Melo's my dog. Melo's my guy. Braun. I never thought I would see a player more dominant than Braun, like, from a pace control standpoint. I love Braun. Braun's, like, my favorite player ever. I'm not a Braun stand. I'm a very reasonable Braun supporter. But Jokic has just taken up such a placeman where it's like, he literally does at will whatever he wants. And he's a tier one scorer, rebounder, and playmaker. And I think for me is, yeah, bro, it's just insane, man. It's just insane, bro. I just, I'm just, it's unbelievable what we're seeing. And by the way, you you know, you talk about he's leading the NBA in, in total points, total rebounds, and total assists. Which again, the different nuggets out re retweet it because they've been getting this content from great content creators like yourself. So, bro, I'm telling you, man, like it's just insane to me, man. And I think that, like, legitimately, I've never seen this. I've never seen ten players in my life that are doing what he's doing right. So, people don't know this. We put together a secret top twenty all time list that uh, we'll we'll see if that. We will see if that actually uh, comes to light at, at some point. I'm I'm curious to see whether it will. Uh, but Swipe and I did an all-time top 20 list. And we both had Jokic on there. Neither of us had him in the top 15. He was in the 16 to 20 range. We won't say where. But there is a very strong possibility that he moves there in the next two years. And that's with, like... Because you're talking greatest to touch the basketball in that situation. It's not just like, hey, this he has, I think, a clear top 10 all-time peak right now. This is one of the greatest peaks we have ever seen in our lives. And there's nobody else, especially like in the NBA today, of the modern era, other than maybe LeBron, that can say that they have a peak better than this. And that includes Steph. I mean, the only one, I mean, Steph obviously had that run from 14 to 19, or if you want to say like 6, 15 to, to 18, 19. And obviously he had that, then that other year, the 2021, 2020, 21 year, uh, KD had some 14 to 17 run, but KD even like just playmaking wasn't there. The rebounding wasn't there. But bro, like all three, all three, Scoring, playmaking, rebounding, and then even with a plus defender in there, like all three of that, bro. Like, again, what? when's the last time at any point in time in a season, Ryan, you can maybe look this up. I know I can, I can look it up, but, you know, this is just a Ryan Blackburn tweet. When at any point in time in the season that somebody led the NBA in total rebounds, assists, and, and, and points in, this, in a season? I mean, Wilt, maybe. I, I don't think so. Like, if I'm being honest, nobody has ever done this before. This is, like, so this is why I put out the 2,000-1,500 tweet that I did today. Right. It was like, this might be the second 2,000-1,500 season that we've ever seen. And 
that's because Jokic did it first and he's leveled up his points and assists. Like he's blowing that out of the water right now. Right. But from the, like, it might be Oscar Robertson. Like he's the only guy that really comes to mind, but like that was back in the era where Wilt was putting up 40 points per game and 20 rebounds per game. And, and Oscar Robertson wasn't doing that. So it is crazy. Like this, this is a, an unprecedented level of dominance right now. Part of it is like, again, Hey, you could thank Jamal Murray being out for it because I don't think that this keeps up like, and, and Jamal will kind of soak up some of those numbers, some of those points. Well, rebounds scoring, and assists. Right, this is what I'm asking you. Does the scoring actually dissipate? Because that just, he's just scoring. Even the shot when Murray was here, yeah. he was taking four more shots a game. That's the thing. I like, think that, I think that the scoring will stay in the 25 to 28 range. I'm not sure it'll be at 30. I think that some of the like some of the things that we're going to see with this Nuggets team is they're going to start blowing some teams out. Right. And they are not going to play in fourth quarters in a lot of these games. Right. So like against the Hornets, for example, against the Spurs, like they will definitely be blowing some of those teams out. And like that will come with some reduced numbers at times. If the offense is flowing really well, it might mean the Jokic gets a 20, 10, and 10 game. Murray gets a 20, 10, and 10 game himself. But his and, assist, I think his assist numbers, though, because he's going to have some of these low scoring 20 games, but it's going to be 15, 16, 17, 18 assists. I mean, bro, like, I think we're yeah. just going to, we're, we're creeping into a place where it's like, he put up 36, 13, and 14 the other night, right? And nobody blinked him off. He had zero turnovers, didn't even get mentioned. No one yeah. said anything. It's just like, oh, so that was another Thursday for Nicola? Cool. Wait, didn't didn't Luka get that 36, uh, 15, and 18 uh, versus the uh, OKC Thunder in the comeback? It, it was, it was a news. Topic. It was a topic. news. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it is hilarious because he is normalizing what other people's best games ever would be. That's probably the best way to describe it. This is the this is their best game ever. I've actually heard Adam talk about that before where so many teams like in the, the top 1% of games that players will ever play is what Jokic is averaging right now, right. which means that he has 40 games that are going to be like that. And another right. 40 games that are going to be close to that. So right. though he has been unbelievable and there's, there's nobody better to watch in the NBA from night to night because you don't know what you're going to get <laughs> or, you know what you're going to get. It's just, how are you well, going to be served this out of a game? How are you going to be served this L is a, a very Im- interesting topic. That's is he the most valuable fantasy player uh, in NBA history? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know who else you could really argue for. Like these are unprecedented numbers because the combination of the, the stats and efficiency is just, it's wild. And like, cause you could build, if, if you're playing fantasy basketball, you can build your entire lineup based off of, okay, I'm getting assists from my center position. Now I can go for a scoring point guard or I could go for a scoring like two guard or whatever. You don't have to worry about assists from other positions as much in order to win games. So like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm trying to think like who else would be in the conversation. Cause just, I think right now, age 28 Joker, just from a fantasy standpoint, it's just a watch. It's like you're getting double, double, double on great efficiency every game. Maybe maybe Giannis because he will also add in some blocks like mm-hmm. at his peak, right. like add in some steals and blocks. But Jokic still gets steals too, so like right. <laughs> it's it is crazy, man. Like there's there really is nobody. I, I will throw a shout out to Embiid though he has to play. Like that that's the well, yeah, that's the thing there. Awesome. Did you He's do you play this year? I don't like I play fantasy football because okay. I, I'm able to like kind of cheer for that fantasy basketball. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be. I I I would be really good at it. I would win a bunch in fantasy basketball. Right. I would not uh I would not have fun. Right. Yeah. That seems like could you gotta set did you set your lineups uh like that just seems like eighty two games that would just be too much for me to like have to lean into. Yeah. I just don't think I would want to do that. Shout out to our fantasy baseball players out there. That's uh like that's one where I'd be like, hey year. God, God man. <laughs> You got to be on track for 180 days. <laughs> Good Lord. No, thank you. Never forget to set your lineup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tyrese. Tyrese. Oh, somebody said Tyrese Halliburton, another top five fantasy football, fantasy player. Ooh. Yeah. Sure. I like that. Like, Tyrese has been awesome, man. Like, he's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed I had a oh, conversation wait, wait, with him. You got Jokic at one. 
Tyrese in like round four, whatever. I don't know where he's sure. Tyrese Maxi somewhere in there, like super late in the draft or whatever. You're cruising right now. We're getting Alper and Shangun in round eight. Like <laughs> that's, uh, that's perfect. Hey, you're just a value add. Value add right there. Uh <laughs> Alpi. Very nice. Um what do you think? So before we go, we'll we'll do a full video on this. Um who do you think is going to win the in-season tournament, just like off the bat? I'm going Pacers. Man, I'm probably going to say healthy right now, too. Man, that's tough, bro. I'm going to say... Could be the Celtics. They're playing the Knicks. Uh, yeah, Pacers yeah, yeah. are playing. Gosh, are they playing like the, the Heat Bucks, or something? The Celtics are playing the Pacers. The Bucks are playing the Knicks. The Lakers That's are right. playing the Suns, and then the Kings are playing the Pelicans. It might be the Kings. Yeah, I like the Kings. That's a good matchup uh, for them. Although, I mean, the the Pelicans, like Zion, just torched the Kings the last time those two teams played, and they can't really guard him. So, it wouldn't surprise me if if they get upset there. Um. I'll take the Pacers. I think that Tyrese is for real. I think that he's mm-hmm. awesome. He's a lot of fun to watch. And they just are going to score. They're going to outscore everybody. That's my prediction. Right. Yeah, man. We'll see, bro. I got the Kings. All right. Well, that should be fun, everybody. This has been a very, very good episode of Weekends with Swipe Up. Uh, really appreciate everybody for hopping in, or most everybody for hopping in. <laughs> we, uh, we we banned that one guy. That's fine. Um. No, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, had a good birthday today. I went axe throwing. I forgot to, I was going to add a video into this uh, into this uh, thing of me throwing and hitting the bullseye on the axe, uh, but that was, uh, we had a lot of fun. My, my parents are great. So everybody, thank you so much. Make sure to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Any any parting thoughts here, Swipe it before we get out of here? Nah, man, it's going to be a good week. Clippers, uh, Rockets, rest for the team. This should be a week, Jokic. Murray, Gordon, MPJ, KCP, the whole team is fully locked in and loaded. Just two games especially. I want to see how they show up in this. So this should be a lot of fun. Wednesday and Friday, everybody, those are your two games. We will be back uh, either on Saturday or Sunday. Haven't decided yet, but should be a lot of fun. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast, everyone. We will talk to you guys next weekend.